Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm James Schofield, the writer of the stories in this podcast, Behind the Bottom Line. Over the years, I've written lots of short stories for different magazines about the funny, sad, and strange people and events I've experienced in business. In each episode, I read you my original story, and afterwards I tell you something about the real-life background which inspired it. Today's story is called The Devil in the Details. And while you're listening, maybe ask yourself, how carefully have you read the contracts that you've put your signature to? And so, ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to stay rich, then make sure you always read the small print. Because, as we lawyers always say, the devil is in the details. Thank you very much indeed. There was loud applause from the wealthy audience as Henry Fist sat down at the end of his speech to the Cayman Investment Club at the Ritz-Carlton Grand Cayman Hotel. Many of the members had achieved their billionaire status thanks to Henry Fist's help in offshore financial matters, and this had led to his invitation to speak at their yearly conference in Georgetown. Later that evening, Henry sat, feeling a little drunk, and sipped a brandy on the hotel terrace overlooking the ocean. What a very long way he had come, he reflected, from providing legal aid to thieves and drug addicts in dark corners of London to the very top of his profession, advising the world's financial elite. Though from what he saw, most of them were thieves and drug addicts themselves. May I join you, sir? It was a young man Henry had seen sitting at the back during his presentation. Unlike most of his audience who were dressed for the tropical climate, the young man was wearing a dark suit, white shirt and tie. He sat opposite Henry and smiled pleasantly, the moonlight reflecting off his large horn-rimmed glasses making it difficult to see his eyes. I was wondering, sir, if I might talk to you. I'm quite new to this and I could really benefit from your experience. He had a pleasing voice with a North American accent. Was it Canadian, perhaps? Yes, sir, I am from a place called Hades Island near Toronto. Strange, thought Henry. He wasn't aware he'd said anything. He looked at his brandy. Perhaps he had. My name's Nicholas Mephistopoulos, but call me Nick. And what would you like to know, young Nick? Henry asked. How I got started, perhaps? The secret ingredient of my success? That would be most instructive, sir. Let me get you another brandy. It arrived almost instantly, and Henry sat, swirling the large glass, making the lights dance like little flames inside. He took a drink and felt the fiery glow spread through his body. The difference between me and other lawyers, he began, was some advice I was given a long time ago, when I was about your age. Always write the small print. Sir? Henry laughed. Write the small print. If you write the small print in a contract, then you can put in whatever you want, and the customer will usually sign without actually reading it properly. The young man looked thoughtful. What sort of things? 
Well, for example, one of my clients is the world's biggest supplier of filter equipment for chemical plants. I wrote a contract that gave them the right to insist that their customers cannot take them to court. They have to use an independent arbitrator in the US to settle any legal disputes. What's wrong with that? (laughs) Well, nothing. Except I added a little clause saying that the independent arbitrator would be chosen by my client. They haven't lost a case yet. Wasn't there recently an explosion in a chemical plant in China caused by defective filters? Was that your client? It was, but the arbitrator found my client was not responsible. (laughs) But wasn't a whole village destroyed in the fire? Henry shrugged his shoulders. Very sad, very sad. But the law is quite clear. Customers are responsible for reading the contract. If they don't like something, they have to say so. I see. What other clients do you have? Oh, everybody, Henry exclaimed. Banks, car manufacturers, oil companies, governments. My firm writes the contracts in a way that helps my clients to reduce their liability if anything goes wrong. And it's all strictly legal. Is that important to you? Henry sat up as straight as he could with a half bottle of brandy inside him. I made a promise to somebody years ago, he said slowly, in return for always acting within the law, I would get his secret of success. Write the small print. Exactly. I didn't really take him seriously at the time. We were both a bit drunk, and he wrote an agreement down on a couple of pieces of paper in a pub for a bit of fun. Funny thing, though, he turned out to be right. What would happen if you didn't fulfil the contract? Henry laughed. I can't remember. It was long ago. Interesting, said Nick. What would this contract look like? Like this, maybe? To Henry's astonishment, two rather dirty pieces of paper suddenly appeared on the table in front of them. In one corner was a ring, which looked as if a glass of beer had rested on it. Let's see, said Nick, bending over the document. July 1972. Contract of agreement between Mr. Henry Fist and Mr. Lou Seifer. Ah, yes, and here's the section about writing the small print. With your signature, I believe, is this it? Why, I suppose so. I mean, how did you... So, let's look at the conditions. Okay, okay, personal use only, blah, blah, blah. And, as you say, big emphasis on the legality of anything you add. Uh, Now then, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. What's this down here at the bottom in very small writing? The signee also guarantees that any contracts drawn up by him shall cause no physical, mental, spiritual, or financial harm to any third party. Henry tried to focus on the paper in front of him. It felt as if everything was spinning around him and the young man had somehow grown much taller. But, but I don't ever remember reading that bit. Really, Mr. Fist? You see, there's a penalty for breaking the contract. You lose your immortal soul, which is why I've come for you. The hotel staff found his body on the beach the next morning. In the local newspapers, they just said it was a swimming accident. It would be bad for business 
if other visitors to the Cayman Islands were to read about the bloody claw marks on his back or the look of terror on Henry's face. Devil in the Details was written for Business Spotlight in 2016. And there are two kind of background sources uh, for the story. The first influence came from uh, a German project manager who I taught English to for a while. And I always remember one day coming into his office. Uh, we had a, a English session planned and he was really upset and frustrated. And I asked him what the matter was. And he said, I've got this English company, which is a partner company for our project in United Arab Emirates. And I think it was for a desalination plant or a power plant, something like that. And I said, what's the matter? And he said, English company, we have this contract. And in every single meeting where we're supposed to be talking about how we can get this project to move forward, You've got the lawyers there and they spend their whole time uh, questioning things in the contract and uh, trying to squeeze more money out of it for themselves. And he said to me, James, it seems to me there's a big difference between Germans and British. He said that in Germany, we tend to have our brightest people going off to be engineers in order to build things. In the UK, it seems you send your brightest people off to be lawyers so they can destroy things. How does that make any sense? I couldn't really argue with him about this. I mean, he was the he was the one at the sharp end of of dealing with them. But um, this frustration that a lot of people who I work with in Germany often feel with working with UK lawyers is something that occurred on several other occasions as well. Something else that was also quite influential uh, on my view was a book I read called Treasure Islands by a man called Nicholas Shackson, um, which was largely about the problem of offshore banking and how offshore banking sucks money out of developing parts of the world, funnels it into London, um, New York, Frankfurt, uh, but mostly London, um, and it is then parceled off and hidden away in former British colonies, um, like the Cayman Islands, uh, like the Bahamas. And um, I found this book, this kind of book that makes you quite angry. And it's pretty shocking what the city of London is doing to the world. It's basically a, a money laundering machine. And in this book, and also in a really excellent documentary called The UK Gold, uh, there's a inter really interesting character. He's called uh, Father William Taylor. He's an Anglican priest. He's in a parish in Hackney, so not a not a uh, not a rich parish. It's just on the borders of the city of London, and he's become something of a thorn in the side uh, for the uh, City of London Corporation, which is the organisation which essentially runs the City of London and uh, its commercial operations. And he said something really interesting, which really struck a chord uh, when talking about the City of London Corporation. He, and he says like, um, he sees something more than human greed at work in the City of London. 
He says, and I quote, We are in the grip of something quite demonic. Institutions keep it alive and it's part of all of us. I see it as a demonic spirit. And what um, Father Taylor said kind of inspired the character of Nick Mephistopoulos. And I had a lot of fun with the names in the story. Uh, Nick comes from Hades, which is a real place up in Canada. Um, I liked also the character of Lucifer or Lucifer. Uh, and uh, it was in a way a little bit disappointing that I wasn't able to have more devil's names. I would quite like to have had Beelzebub or Gamigin or Sabnok or Ziminiar. One curious thing I found when looking up devil's names or demon's names was that actually some quite ordinary names are also apparently demon names. So, for example, if we have any Amy's out there or Leonard's or Andrash, uh, apparently those are also demon names. So, if you want to find out more about this, I can strongly recommend that you read this book, Treasure Islands, by Nicholas Shackson, or watch the documentary UK Gold. Um, you'll learn a lot and probably be rather shocked. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Behind the Bottom Line. Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify or Google Podcast or whichever app you use so that as soon as the next episode is available, you'll get it. In the meantime, catch up on any episodes you've missed, tell your friends about the show, give it a rating and write a review on the podcast app. And you can write to me directly at james.rupert.schofield at gmail.com. Until the next episode of Behind the Bottom Line, this is James Schofield saying goodbye.